And we're back. recording in stereo? Yes, I'm recording On another exciting episode. Oh, are we talking? Sorry. Of Starfleet. Oh, no, it's fine. Meta. He cares. Interrupt him. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to record in stereo, but I don't I don't mind. I, I'll downgrade it to monaural. Give some more work. Yeah, that's manoral. good. Yeah, anything that makes your life harder is actually the best <laughs> idea. Okay, so I'll, I'm going to do my recording in multiple like cuts. I'm hoping that my computer crashes halfway through this discussion and then <laughs> half the audio the audio is just fucking that happened last time or something it did but it saved it, it though it did, it did. Save it. it did save it yeah it was cool yeah. um I'm first sure uh up. first and foremost uh sean uh uh thinks it's gary's birthday and so we all think it's gary's birthday so <laughs> what, what i think look i have a calendar <laughs> i have a personalized calendar at home and it says it's gary's birthday so if i'm not mistaken Right. I have a lot of questions about that. Gary's birthday? No, just the fact that you have a personalized calendar at home with all of our birthdays, or is it just Gary's birthday? I think it's just Gary's I think I don't know you guys' birthdays, which means you're probably not on the calendar yet. But you could be on next year's wow. calendar. You could make it to the calendar. And what is all with right, these well, calendars? My... What are you, Brett Kavanaugh? What is... <laughs> what is mine, is, mine is May 11th. <laughs> so I've got to write this down. Yeah. Don't forget <laughs> to schedule your workout times with Squee. May, <laughs> so hell, May 11th. What's the year? Is there a year on that? Where, yeah, 1978. I'm the oldest one here. 1978. This is pre-TNG. Uh, yeah, that's a pre-TNG. I'm going wow. to gatekeep, uh, gatekeep time from it's you guys. Pre, it's pre-TNG. Wow. You guys can't, yeah, that sounds like, a, you guys that can't sounds like hate... something you would do. A TOS fan. You guys... <laughs> You guys can't have uh, have the 70s. You're not allowed. <laughs> You're not allowed to have the 70s. Sorry. You can't have YouTube. You're too old. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, it's funny you say that because I was uh, talking about being an older fan of Trek. Like, I was actually talking to my dad earlier today, and I was telling him about how everyone's, like, freaking out and, like, the gatekeeping and all that stuff like that. And he's like, well, why don't you just get on YouTube and just tell people it's just a show and that they shouldn't take it so seriously? And I'm like, yeah, that's going to work perfectly. Let me yeah. tell you all about that. Everyone's going to love yeah. that. I was like, he's like, well, you know, TOS was the best show. I mean, you don't need to say anything else more than that. Like, get out of my <laughs> Okay, well, that's, that's, that's an argument. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, on that subject, everyone... Pause, everyone pause this video or your podcast and head over to Ketwalski's YouTube page and watch his video on gatekeeping. It was actually, I was like super, not that it was actually awesome. I mean, I expected it to be awesome, but it was really right. awesome. I it feel was betrayed. Really, I didn't see it in advance this time. I feel betrayed. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, I delayed this recording so I could go watch it and I was I was very pleased. So but thank what's you. Funny is like, I uploaded oh that video God. like six days ago. And it's just been sitting there because I was like, I don't want to release it yet because everyone's still freaking out about the Midnight's Edge video. So I let it, I have to let that hatred die down because if I release a video too soon after that, I'm just going to get a bunch of downvotes, you know, the anger, the salt is strong. <laughs> the mm. salt is strong. We'll yeah. help you through it. We'll help you through it. I this is your support that. group. This is I need a, <laughs> yeah, I need a support group. <laughs> I'm interested but, to watch your video actually because I find, I think gatekeeping is a word that's been invented not by the gatekeepers themselves, but by people that are threatened by them. But um, uh, I mean, the term itself, I think, is it's a very the defensive term, term itself. Is I think new-ish, but I would say the concept of it, which I do talk about in the video, is like it, it's it's been around since forever. You know, it's been around for a very long time, and and I don't want to talk just about like that for this video, but 
like the story that I talk about in the video is like when I was like a kid, like I guess I say a kid, but I was, you know, you know, late teens when I first joined the military and I got, I got shut down by an old school comic fan because God I damn told Tony. Like the Iron Man movie, you know? Mm. And he was like, was that, Oh, was you don't know Tony, right? About. Yeah. His <laughs> fake name was Tony in the story I told, but I suppose there's a fine line. There's a fine line, but, between shutting people down and um, encouraging them to like to to learn more about uh, where the franchise comes from, I suppose. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that, that I think that's again that's why I made the video is just because people like to just spout it off, and it is a very serious problem now. But right, there's a there's a universal experience. Um, to to kind of, you're gonna watch the video, but to sum it up, uh, you got real, 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 real and vulnerable there. And I really appreciated that because it's a universal experience. I think we've all kept a gate of some sort, whether it's like Star Trek or Dungeons and Dragons yeah. or, or just something is, that, right. yeah, whatever it is, it's like something that we've all done it before. And you realize quickly when it's kept on you, how bad it is. And so it's like a learning experience. I think that many humans go through and like, yeah, so I definitely like, I'm glad I learned, uh, I was burned early too, uh, with, a gatekeeper on something completely different, which is Star Wars, actually, and uh, <laughs> and so yeah. I I you know and so I feel like oh you know learning that at a young age I I was more conscious of it and I, I don't tend to gatekeep consciously, but um but yeah it's like it's an interesting thing and you're it's definitely a subject. What's that? You've both actually been through this. Yeah, yeah, man. several times, and even even before YouTube, like before you like YouTube. Like you're on the internet, you're saying things, people are going to say that stuff. Like it's just, you know, part of pop culture now as part of it all. And then being a YouTube create content creator or really anybody that produces shit for social media, um, I think it's going to happen. But yeah, this happened to me long before then, long, long before I, I did. YouTube. I've been like bullied. I was bullied as a child, generally speaking. This isn't nothing to do with like Star Trek or anything. But when it comes to gatekeeping, I've never really experienced that because if someone comes at me with like an argument of I don't know enough, I'm usually so argumentative and stubborn that I'm going to go and learn everything I can and then come back at them and be like, well, now well, I that's a it. really that's a really great and healthy response to being. But it's because know, I don't want to lose and I don't like being wrong. And so I will learn as much facts as I can and I'll just come back at you with facts, which is very frustrating to be in a community with Midnight's Edge and Doomcock and whatever exists because they be, like you can't fight them with facts because they, they live, they thrive off fantasy land. So. I don't, I don't even well, know how they to do, handle it. you know, they, they I, do, I don't even but, know how to handle that, but yeah, what if, it's, God. yeah what but, if, I mean, the, oh, sorry, go ahead. So go ahead. Oh no. Uh, finish your thought. Sorry. No, I was going to say the thing is, is, is like, what's interesting is like specifically like midnight's edge, like they don't do gatekeeping in their video, but what they say and the information that they go about talking about it encourages other people to take that information and then gatekeep others with it, which is the whole reason I made my video to begin with, which was a response back to that kind of mentality where they take the ideas that are being presented and then they try to turn it onto other people. And it's like, well, oh, this is a new franchise and it has a new license and it's new canon. So any, all of you guys trying to defend it are terrible and you're not really Star Trek fans. Like that even happened to me on, on Twitter just recently. You know, I was getting I was getting bombarded with all these tweets from people saying like you're like somebody legitimately said to me that I was what I was doing was hurting the fandom by trying to say positive things about discovery. But I but I understand I understand their point though. I, I can't sit there and say like they're crazy. Line though, because I understand there's this there's also this point of view where I'm not a fan of discovery per se, 
And I don't, I wouldn't want Star Trek to become like Discovery. I don't mind having Discovery within the franchise, but I wouldn't want the franchise to become like Discovery, if that makes sense. But the thing is, if there are so many people that enjoy Discovery, then eventually that will become the base format and replace what I knew before. And in that situation, I have right. lost my franchise. So am I a gatekeeper for saying, hey, maybe we could not encourage so much the studio to go in that direction? Is that gatekeeping? I I think, it's, I, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's okay to operate on two different levels. On the one level, you're you're invested uh, in the television show because you've put so much thought and like hours and hours of like your time into watching it, and so you have this like certain expectation. So perfectly yeah. natural to feel disappointed when the show is not meeting your expectation. On the other level, you're a Star Trek fan and you want to more about the world and discovery does add to the world building just knowledge of what star trek is even if it's not exactly like what we what one might hope it is you know so there's like i think there's like those two levels and it's kind of hard to like play at them and i you know and and then there's an added level for the three of us we do these uh about it so we kind of have to watch it like i can't just got like i can't just say like oh this is <laughs> you know right, that's right. it right, right. So, so, you're, you're a fan of star wars because you maybe like the space fantasy aspect it's more a space fantasy than a science fiction right um and so yeah i would say i i agree with george lucas's assessment that star wars is a fantasy more yeah. than it's a sci-fi okay. yeah. so i enjoy the sci-fi aspect of star trek more than i enjoy the fantasy aspect of star wars right and i wouldn't want star trek to become fantasy right and Discovery seems to be pushing it a little bit in that direction because... No! Oh, that's a great they, argument to have. They're, go, they're going, they're, they're doing the magical mycelial... I have nothing against the mycelial network, it's but it is magical. magical. Paul the, Stamets, Paul Stamets is the real person. Go go they, read his research. They, they're doing, I know, but that's... That, okay, please don't go into that because that's... Just, <laughs> I have tried a magic mushroom, though, when I was in Amsterdam. And I was, oh, I was my God. That. <laughs> this is not the right discussion. It was anyway, more like the Matrix than Star Trek. They're doing magical technology and stuff like that. And if they were to push that and keep on pushing that, then eventually Star Trek would become more like Star Wars, and then I would have no more Star Trek. I would just have two Star Warses, and I don't want that, right? Yeah, but, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I, I do. So I really hope that what they're trying to do is have different visions, and really they're going to make Picard TNG-esque, right? And Discovery is, is its own thing. Uh, Picard will be a TNG-esque. Maybe the Wrath of Khan will be uh, the original series-esque. Well, I, I would um, say I would say that I would argue that I actually don't want the Picard show to be TNG-esque. And the reason I say that, the reason I say that, is I I I want them to create something that is unexpected, that is really good. And I I would tie it back into another Patrick Stewart production, which was the film Logan which is by and by a superhero movie. It's supposed to, ha it has superhumans in it. They have superpowers. It's an X-Men film, but they took that concept and made it something totally different, which was really good. They made a really good script and had a really good film that a lot of people liked. I loved the movie. So I would I want them to do something like that. Movie in all of the X-Men franchise. Right, exactly. So that's well, why I say like, I don't want them to just sit there and say like, well, we need to recapture TNG with the Picard show. I would prefer them to just do something 
new, unique, but but good. Like make it good. But I'm afraid of their new and uniqueness. I'm afraid of what they consider bold, and I'm afraid of what they consider unique. Don't be afraid. It's the undiscovered country. Also, Patrick Stewart said he's I'm really also turned not a fan on of the undiscovered country. He I know, I know you love Star Trek Four. Patrick Stewart said he was very turned on by what he was, uh, what what it's coming, you know, shaping up to be. So I, okay, I'm excited. So that excites me. I'm very, turned, I, I I'm very turned on that Patrick very Stewart much. Is turned on. <laughs> I, I respect Mr. Patrick Stewart very much, and I am very, very happy to see that he is um, part of the production team as well as being an actor. But he also decided to voice the poop emoji in the emoji movie, which what means this, you, can't, you can't, play, you can't, know, uh, you know, uh, I mean, right? are all your choices perfect, Sean? Like, absolutely yet, not. let he who but casts the first poop. stone or let you, whatever, I don't know the expression, but like, let Patrick be a poop. Um, if, if yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I take the fact that in the beginning of your career, it's fine, but like if you're someone that's not important or not a legend, it's fine. But when you when you're when you're someone of, so Patrick Stewart is like a living legend, right? He doesn't let need him be a person, bro. Let him be a bro. Let him be. I would happy. argue that <laughs> I understand the point you're making, Sean. But at the same time, like I understand that Hollywood actors will take those kinds of roles so that they can pay for you know a vacation. Yeah, but or why do stuff? Do you risk your stuff? Okay. So why not be a character in uh, like an actual movie, like uh, one of the Disney productions or one of the Pixar productions? Why did you have to be in the emoji? Because it's fucking easy to do voice work. <laughs> he didn't even have to disguise his voice. He was just Patrick Stewart's voice. They probably didn't even show up to a studio. They probably came to his house. House, it's true. It's true. Can you just read these lines? We'll we'll manipulate them digitally later. Yeah, well, Anyways, yeah, uh, back I'm, to I'm tragically offended. <laughs> Back to the point at hand. I have to try to be a moderator. Sometimes these discussions can get really, uh, you know, interesting and 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 go off in other directions. But real quickly, back to the point, which is first of all, happy birthday, Gary. We love you so much. Uh, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. You chop yeah, so many it. vegetables. Happy you know, birthday to yeah. you. Enjoy your vegetable <laughs> stew. Enjoy your vegetable. Cake. I'm sure you're gonna have some kind of carrot cake or something. <laughs> we, really, we really love it when you're freshly peeled carrots in there. <laughs> and uh, audience, I, I know you love to see Gary too. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm often disorganized. I just had a computer crash, so I'm not as good at uh, organizing these events as I should be. But I'm getting better every time, and that's all that matters. And today we're here to talk about Star Trek Discovery episode six of season two. The sound, the sound of, of thunder. thunder. <laughs> is that a demon's thunder? Is that what that was? Is the Baul thunder that you hear? That's good. Apparently, apparently the, land. The, the, the title of the episode is another reference to Greek mythology, but I don't know enough about Greek mythology to be able to pick up on all of them. Yeah, it is. I read the uh, when I before I did my review. Is of it, it I read video worthy? Do I have to talk about it in my video? No. Nah. Tell us. Tell us about the Greek. I already forgot it. I'm sorry. Okay, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, she mentions Aeschylus, and I didn't have time to look up Aeschylus, and I didn't remember Aeschylus from school, but I think it probably has to do with a lot of interesting uh, things. But I think we can probably come to the conclusions uh, because this episode doesn't really, you know, it, it, there's a, it doesn't really like take a lot to understand what's going on. I had to watch it twice though. <laughs> To, to understand it better i do have to admit the first time maybe i was just too emotionally affected by it or whatever but um but the second viewing i i actually uh, uh understood a lot more 
uh, a lot yeah. of my questions were answered. Um, but who, anyone of you guys want to do the a quick summary, or I'll try, or I could give it a try. Oh, I'll do a great summary of this. Yes, go. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, we, I, I love I it. Feel it. Oh. Yes. All right, <laughs> give the stage to you, Ketwalski. Uh, so the episode is centered around Saru going through puberty, <laughs> and him feeling very unsure of himself, growing older. So he wants to, you know, deal with that. And while they're having a discussion about that. Uh, one of the new, a new red, I, I've lost count with how many red bursts there are. Originally there were seven. Now there's, I don't know, whatever. So it's a new like red burst appears. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, a new red burst appears over Kaminar. The discovery goes there. Immediately Pike loses control of what's going on. The Ba'ul are like affecting the ship somehow and like appearing to like mess with the lighting and stuff. Uh, Saru freaks the hell out and starts, uh, you know, wanting to go down to the planet to try to liberate. Not the the whole point of them going down to the planet is to not liberate the Kelpians, but to just find out if anyone knows anything about the Red Woman, which is a stupid premise for them going down there to begin with. Uh, so him and Michael go down there, and they go back to his village, which was also a bad idea because it's not like people wouldn't recognize him. Uh, which of course they immediately run into his sister who immediately recognizes him and they immediately, you know, violate the prime directive there. Um, and then it escalates because the Ba'ul want to capture and retake control over uh, Saru. Pike says no. Then Saru goes down to the planet to get captured anyways. And then the Ba'ul are going to kill him. And then we uncover through the magic of the sphere that appeared a few episodes ago that 2000 years ago, the Kelpians were all post puberty and they were the dominant species on the planet and almost killed off all of the Ba'ul. And then somehow the Ba'ul got the upper hand and wiped out most of the pu pu pre uh, post pubescent Kelpians and now keep them more docile by killing all the Kelpians off before they lose their ganglia. And they have established a new uh, essentially a new balance, a new order on the planet. Um, and then they relay this to Saru, and then the Discovery decides to use radio waves across an entire planet to force an evolutionary change for probably millions, if not hundreds of millions of Kelpians all at once. And then the Red Woman appears, disables all of the Ba'ul technology, and then they just fucking leave and just, I guess, let them go about their day. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. That's a really good bare bones. <laughs> Sorry. That's there's also, there's also like, Koba. Yeah, oh, we, yeah. We, we oh, yeah. I forgot, I forgot, just like the Discovery writers forgot that Koba was in the episode. Oh, no. I forgot. Right. There's a scene right at the beginning where Koba's like freaking out and he's like, Buff, buff Koba. But yeah, man. He's Koba's fucking. Wow. Yeah. Listen, Stamets, he's way out of your league. Okay. Koba's looking out. good. All right. He's, he's, got, he's, yeah. he's back with he's the gray looking. hair. He's he's buffed up. He's looking. I'm, I mean, I'm listen. I'm not gay, but that's an attractive man. Okay, they got him yeah, in there. You're looking for a doctor, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, you guys need a checkup, and he's like, yeah. I'm like, hell yeah. Um, he's just okay. So <laughs> he would break the hypospray now. Just like pick it up oh and <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Like, wow, you could be like, yeah. For a guy who was trapped in, in like, for a long time, looks like he's been getting a little bit of that protein. Like he's been. Well, he got. He Go got, home, yeah, Stamets. he did get. Did, is he more swole this this season? I think than he last season? Uh, I would think so. 
Yeah. Wow. So they, okay, so his his new body because this is buddy this is a brand new body that was created through the Genesis. It's enhanced, body. isn't it? It's, it's, it was enhanced well, device. we don't know that it's enhanced because Doctor. Uh, it's at peak perfection. Everything It's now. just that he's pristine. Yeah, he's. Do pristine. you think? Do you think he'll be able to um, actually be sick or be wounded, or do you think they like they made his body now and that that that's gonna be it? It's he's gonna like stay like that. Imagine if he what were if he's immortal. Like, Imagine what if, if he he's like Ilya? What if he's like Ilya? It's like kind of like when Vija reconstructs Ilya in in Star uh, Star Trek the Motion Picture. You want to go? Yeah. making Vija references now. Kirk unit. What, why not? Why not? Kirk unit. Culver unit. Uh, <laughs> right. My celibacy is intact. Thank you. I, for I think the first that. the first thing the question the first question I have from your summary is is it puberty? I mean, I feel like the. Uh, uh, I feel like the Vaharai is that what it's called? The Vaharaj. Yeah, Vaharai. Vahari. The Vaharaja. Vahari. Yeah. No, the, the Vahari. Vaharai. The Vaharai. Um, did Vaharai. you know? Oh, sorry, I'm getting distracted from myself. But did you notice that Burnham said the Bayul, and then everyone else says the Baul? <laughs> yeah. Okay, to, be fair, to be fair, Dumbledore. Dumbledore says Grindelwald. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Wow. they don't. Nice. All the time. That's but then, I mean, he's been. You know, he's been. Intimate. I just the, think it's the, funny that Sonequa so. Martin Green, Sonequa Martin Green's on set with like everyone at. Ooh, How do they make with everyone? How and, does that and she's hearing everyone say she's hearing everyone say Baul, but then she's like, "I'm just gonna say Bayul because like, that's <laughs> what I what I want to say." Like, Listen, you know what's funny though? You bring that up as like an error, but that's more realistic that not everyone would pronounce the term the same. correctly. Yeah, because if we were all on a starship in space and people were talking about, if you wrote down the words "ba'u," I'd be like, that, be, like I wouldn't know how to say it. You know what I mean? Bail. Good point. Bail. Um, but <laughs> but is it puberty? Because the Kelpians clearly uh, reproduce. Like I get what you mean that you're calling it puberty because it's a life change of some sort, right? But is it? I think it's more like I don't know what I would. It's something that I don't know. Have. I don't know enough don't, about biology. We don't know. Yeah. We don't have this. We're humans. We don't change like we this. Don't grow horny we don't grow horny spikes. Okay. You know, I'm calling it puberty as as like a joke. I don't think it's yeah. I know. I get it. Pretty, but I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. it's just it. It's whatever. You know, the they're, they're is the Vaharaja, and you know, after that, <laughs> they grow the crazy. What reminded me immediately of. <laughs> which is uh uh what are those uh plants the venus flytrap teeth is what pops oh out. yeah and it shoots totally he can shoot darts from his neck which That's if they don't dope. use that again later is a huge missed opportunity That's i want to shoot i know i agree all okay. the time isn't this similar to the way the way like kiss evolves eventually oh this is where my eyes blank gatekeepers keep me out <laughs> Doesn't doesn't Kiss become a non-corporeal being at some point? Are you saying Kiss like the band? No, Kiss. <laughs> Who is I'm Kiss? Freaking Voyager. Ka Captain oh. Voyager. <laughs> God damn! Mom, are you saying she's like, in freaking three entire seasons of the show? Cool. No, it would be cool if the now. band I Kiss. Know. I thought you said the same. Like my mind went totally evolved and left planet Earth. Like, yep. <laughs> like, well, I guess. I mean, maybe there is a connection because I, I feel like that's a theatric that the band Kiss would definitely have is like spike things growing from their necks that's and true, shooting man. out into the. And it turns out that Kiss weren't actually humans. They were they were Kelpians all along. And yeah, thematically just... it makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense thematically. 
Okay, so were you guys surprised? Were you guys surprised uh, at the actual relationship between the Baul and the Kelpians? Because we've been speculating on what it was going to be. Like we thought that maybe the Baul ate the Kelpians. Um, we thought that maybe like they were, you know, as a joke, we were saying they were transporting they them to the mirror universe. We don't I know. Actually, surprised. I, you know what? I am surprised. I am surprised. And you want to know why I'm surprised? Is that why the only thing that really didn't make any sense is why the Ba'ul would keep the Kelpians around. Because, like you just said, they didn't need them. Like, they weren't harvesting their organs. They didn't need them for sustenance. Like, there was no true, like, relationship between the two of them. Well, they it's not established. It. You don't know that. Well, that's true. They might be using them to fuel their ships. Well, that, that fluid that they swim around in might be all Kelpian blood or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, it could that's all be yeah. yeah. Okay. Nasty. So the yeah, thing is, they, 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 they essentially won the war 2,000 years ago. Right. And um, they only became warp capable 20 years ago. So what if, what if the Baal were... 2,000 years, they had no warp capability, but I suppose they did have tech. I'm assuming that the war was between these very weak Baal and these very strong Kelpians, and so they developed tech to beat them. Um, do they need Kelpians to power the tech, maybe? But the, the problem I have with that, though, I have a lot of problems with this episode. Like the tech doesn't even like the Ba'ul are these creepy, you know, slimy tar monster creatures, but yet mm -hmm. they have drones that are like from the video game Destiny. Like the technology doesn't Shelly Shellyak. Shellyak. They they live in these like these these pylons of light. But like and what I'm saying is the, the, the Ba'ul live clearly are hanging out in these black puddles, right? Under the oceans. When did they have time to get out Yaminar. of the puddle? make a drone and then what did they get a rag and like clean it to make it look so, really nice like wouldn't it be covered in like black goo and shit everywhere do these go okay so my my biggest question was why do they even have hallways why do they have hallways on their command center it's like there's a originally lot of Sorry. originally the Wait. kelpians live on, on they live on the on the beaches and on, in the forests all right they, yeah they live, they i think whatever. i think it seems like do the relationship the between the baul and the kelpians are uh, similar to that of the Gungans and the uh, <laughs> and right, it's a symbiotic relationship. What happens yeah. to one of you will affect the other. You must understand. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but we don't know what that symbiosis is. Because even Saru on the beach with Burnham says that the relationship they're so intertwined. But I couldn't actually see the intertwining. I do have to say that that's something that wasn't clear. It's like, it, right. there seems more like a separation. It's like the Baal's technology is to keep the Kelpians in this primitive state. But what's the purpose of it? Other than perhaps the only thing I could see is that maybe the Baal being, you know, uh, technologically advanced or maybe even, maybe even the, in a twisted way are also advanced in thought. They can't conceive of like killing the kelpians for whatever reason of course they set up a technology to mass slaughter them if they need to but like but like right, that's that's what i would know. say i would say that that theory is blown out of the water by the fact that they have the ability and intentionally established a way to kill all of them all right, at once but we we do we have do that it? too so we have that too nuclear arms right like we could kill all of our you know, humanity can kill itself if it wants to but we don't do it so that is the question why don't but, but we don't, don't do that do because it? there's mutually assured destruction right killing off That's the kelpians would do nothing point. to them other than okay, their ability to live on the entire planet instead of a ship under the ocean why are the kelpians still um uh, not advanced why are they still in this situation 
Because the well, fact about that, 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 that is the fact that, that they don't here. evolve. The fact that they don't evolve doesn't change shit, right? They can still like advance. The Baul's the Baul's right. whole technology is is created to keep the Kelpians at a certain level of industrialization, right? Like pre-industrial. No, that's not like, you know, it, that's what it seems like, though, because that it's is like, what it seems like. That is well, but what it's not it seems like. Right, but it is yeah. what it seems like. Like if I was a Kelpian and I suddenly figured out how to work a furnace and start forging steel, like they a steel would, they door, would, they would call you, kill you. They would call me and blow up my steel door, and then they would make it so that the priests would keep that Free shit steel. on lock. They would like right. keep it Free steel people. Yeah, right. That's that. I agree that it wasn't established, okay. but I I'm willing to accept that that's what they're doing in the background. But right, the relationship as to why. They keep them alive is not so really. They, cool. they have to be using them to, in order for the story to do something. To work, right, I agree. They, but they have to be using the Kelpians for something. They might be. They might be eating them, but then they would have just cut Saru up and eat him on the ship, right? But right. um, they they might. I don't know. It's That's unclear. Be, unclear. They, 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 are, they, they are using them. They have to be because then it makes this whole thing pointless. So that's definitely. Maybe we'll get an answer to in the future. Sure. Uh, but that was definitely something that like kind of you know I think could have been answered in this episode very easily. It could have been answered in a line or in like you know some kind of thing. Uh, I, had, I, I guess we'll go what's that? Well, um, let's get into the can we get into the big thing? Can we get into the big thing? Which is yeah, yeah. that they should not the discovery should not have forced the evolutionary change on the Kelpians. I don't I, I understand that they were being subjugated. I understand that they were being slaughtered and culled. But the discovery did not have the moral, legal right to force an evolutionary change on every single Kelpian in existence on that planet. They didn't have the right to do it. And they shouldn't have. It's not even a protected planet. It's not a Federation planet. They're not Federation citizens. This is an alien world with alien culture and alien society. And just because we disagree with it, as I say, we as in like humans would disagree with what they're doing because that's what they're presenting to us in the show. We would inherently disagree with what they're doing. We don't have the we should we don't have the authority and right to intervene. They it's were in a tough they were in a tough spot though because they only decided to do that once the Baul said, "Oh yeah, well okay, like if you're not going to return this guy to us, then we're just going to like you know destroy all Kelpians or whatever." No, they you said know, like, they were going to destroy one village. Or one village, or whatever. There were, there I feel were, like the response <clears throat> to the to the and, pike decision that was killing everyone. Upon second viewing, like I did have, still have that problem. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I I've softened a little on the position because on the second viewing, it seems like uh, what's the name of Saru's sister? Sorry, I forgot her Sarana. name. Sarana. Sarana. Thank you, Saran Rap. Uh, Sarana. Right. <laughs> Sarana Rap. Uh, Sarana is the one who actually like basically requests that all the Kelpians be somehow you know, uh, enlightened. And then they come up with this crazy plan of like, well, that frequency worked on Saru. So let's try it on the whole thing. I do think that we need a follow up episode where things go to shit. Like, I do think that like, we need another visit to Kaminar where we see the repercussions of these actions. And I think that like, yeah, maybe Pike should, maybe this could be like a, a, a mark on Pike's, you know, record, you know, we don't know, you know, much about, uh, Pike. So it would be fine to be. have, like that but but i mean it would be neat it'd be interesting if dire discovery goes in that direction i don't think it's gonna do it i don't think okay so yeah. this, this would be so interesting to me if we were to come back to this planet in season three and see that the kelpians have just 
they've wiped out the mold, right? They, and they would. They, they they are a predatory species because it's established that they run fast. They they're very strong. They've got spikes now. Um, they they were made to be the, the predators, right? And so it would be really interesting if they just in vengeance murder all, right? They just wipe them out. Right. They've stolen, yeah, like they've, stolen, they've stolen their tick, and they're learning how to use the friggin' tick, right? Oh. Or, or some shit. And now they've become a threat. Well, maybe not that big, but they, the they've, at least, they've, they've at least destroyed everyone. And so when we go back, we're like, holy shit. And so not that's, only does Pike have to live good. with that, but Saru has to live with the fact that his decisions essentially instigated a genocide. And if, if they do that, which I really don't think that they will, but they if they do. did, it would be, it, that would be some, some heavy, heavy shit. That would be like one of the best arcs. Uh, regarding yes. the prime directive yes absolutely because you actually get to see because really because again like we've never seen the impact of of a, a wrong decision a very terrible wrong decision being right. made we've and talked the about thing it. is is yeah, we've, we've been lucky that, that we've been lucky that the violations have turned out to, in our favor and so to speak yeah you're right right and the thing is is several things are at play right at the end of the episode right we know for sure that the Kelpians are super strong and super fast. We know that for sure from what Saru did in season one. No, we also spikes. know that Saru has trouble controlling himself when he, I was gonna talk he doesn't about have that. fear so to hold himself back from the Pavo episode. Pacem Parabellum, there you go, the, the, the yeah. Blue Planet episode, <laughs> yes. establishes that a Kelpian without fear is the most uh, super dangerous shit ever. Right, right. it's super, super dangerous. And, and he's this, super dangerous. And in that episode. episode as well, it right. reestablishes that. So all so, of these guys are going crazy. So, right, that's two things that they've established already before we even get into the episode. As just as the beginning, so, so Rue's going crazy because he doesn't have his gangly anymore and he's being an aggressive a hole. They do drop that element in the story about how, right, after, right as he meets his sister, they don't touch on that fact that Saru's being really aggressive again. They don't touch on it anymore. But he seems but to get it, is, he seems to get it under control. The no, thing is, though, I is think now it's... there's millions of Kelpians that yeah. have been. Keep in mind, like again, like and without the benefit they, of Starfleet. I don't think they without dropped the through thing, by the way. And they just got they. It just happened to them. How many of them are going to be like, well, what the hell, okay. dude? So I didn't want you, this. Would you have preferred the decision? So keeping in the same, like the same um, vision, right? The, like keeping the same intent. Would you have preferred if they had, uh, say, for example, just shut down all the Baaltic? Rather than force evolve everyone, they had shut down, like they had stopped I, the balance and let those that needed to evolve evolve. For example, I actually think if they go further than with this, it's an interesting story. I think if they go further, it is an interesting story. That's what I think. I agree with you there. The, the other thing I wanted to touch on though is, is the last thing is is Pike raised the objection of doing this, the evolution thing, and Burnham assured him very foolishly mm -hmm. that oh, we will have the technology so it'll be a long time before the kelpians ever have a ever become a threat to the to to the baul and then right at the end the red woman shows up and deactivates all of the baul technology on the planet so now they're actually equal again where the kelpians who are going to be super pissed when they find out that the baul have just been killing them for no reason and the baul who live in these weird pools that now have no technology with which to defend themselves. And the discovery just fucking leaves. <laughs> like they just left. 
<laughs> like, what oh, okay, this? so here's my question: Does that you make destroyed this, their whole does, culture, and then you just left? Does this make this a bad episode, or does it mean that you disagree with the way that this specific Starfleet vessel and characters dealt with the issue? Because I think that the episode is still interesting and good because it presents to you a new, two new alien species. It shows you the backstory, how they how they work, or how the relationship doesn't really exist, etc. It shows you all of these interesting things. And the problem is dealt with in a way that we essentially disagree with. But does it make it bad television? Apart from the fact that Saru beams off the ship when you're ready to with the shields up. But a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. You know? <laughs> We're going to get to the nitpick corner. We, we save all this stuff for the nitpick. We have a new segment on the show called the nitpick corner. And we go oh, all out. Go good. all out on the nitpick. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I would say that the reason why I consider it to be a bad episode is just based off the plot they establish their a and b stories right at the beginning and then they drop the they drop the cobra subplot and then they also drop the saru being angry subplot i don't and think they dropped they, that. i don't I feel like, but they didn't touch I, on it again like he doesn't act like an a-hole any other time okay, during i would i would argue that he was being an asshole because he wanted to do something and then when he started like when he was able to do that something he didn't need to be an asshole anymore he was with his sister and he was accomplishing the thing that he wanted to so he had no reason to be an asshole anymore oh so the kelpians millions of kelpians are only going to be an asshole when they want something yeah that's going to be great for their culture no it's not right. no but no right. but you see what I, okay the thing is um, if if i wanted something like not, not talking generally speaking just like as a person um, when something frustrates you, you, you tend to get like a little uh, agitated or irritated. And when th when things are going your way, then you calm down. And I thought it was I thought it was just that. Like he was angry because he wanted to do this, he wanted to do that. And then when he when he was able to do that, he he was calm. So is that now every time that Pike disagrees with with him, he's just going to smash his console? Maybe. Can we talk about that scene? Yeah, and, that's, and, that, and that's okay. Can we talk about. It would so be that's amazing to have an entire arc, which like because we the data character turned out good, the spot character turned out good. Um, all of these characters turned out to be good characters. It'd be amazing if Discovery said, "Well, you know, our character turned out to be the worst friggin' decision Starfleet's ever made. We should never have like granted him asylum. We should have never brought him on because like now he's instigated a friggin' war and yeah. he's mad. And throughout these next few seasons, he just it would be, I don't do think this. that's what's going to happen. They'll never do this. I feel like Saru. I feel like that's it's a great idea. I just don't think that's what 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 lays in store with him. I feel I feel very strongly that Saru is going to be one of these characters that is going to find redemption somehow, or like there's going to be. But I think it's interesting if they do it the other way. I think that was like would be very very. You know what's cool. interesting? They, they they distance themselves from the episodic format because they claim that the episodic format of TNG resets. At every episode, right? But then, and they say that they're, they're doing serialized TV, and that everything's going to have like lasting repercussions and and, and an impact. That's not true. Nothing in in Discovery has any impact on anyone whatsoever. And every time they just go back to like base Burnham, base Saru, base Stamets. Every yeah, time, so I I would say another thing that did that is starting to grate me a little bit. And I know we're about to ramp this up again because Spock is on the <laughs> next episode. <laughs> it just seems like like last week's episode was <laughs> it's it's just really frustrating because like first we had Saru dying right and that was Michael Burnham's best friend is going to die then we had Tilly trapped in the mycelial network then it was Michael Burnham's best girlfriend that was going to die 
and we had to get her back. Now this one, it was again, Michael Burnham's best friend that I had to deal with his sister. Now we're gonna deal with Michael Burnham and, and her brother. And it's like every single thing is Michael Burnham and company. But then she's and the main character though. Different, but it still bothers the shit out of me. It still bothers me. It's like, it's Michael Burnham and crew, you know? And it's like, uh, it's just every episode is revolving around it's, how she's dealing with it's, it. It's really tough stuff because uh, we're con we're kind of conditioned and rightfully so to like really align with the captain or as the main character of, of a Star Trek show. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's like, that's how like we've been used to seeing it. And, 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 you know, um, I, like I have to say that there are times where the Michael Burnham center central plot thing, I think why it doesn't work is because it seems like it's what Sean and you have been saying. I think Sean especially says is it seems like the writing is you can see through the writing. It's like obvious that they're making it about Michael, right? Uh, right. So I do. I think she that this show should. Yeah, I think this show it? should like as much as I love Sonequa Martin green and i love you know i do love uh the character overall like i don't you know i have some small qualms with her like in the in the first season especially i was like this is so weird like a, a resident starfleet officer to behave it's just like a lot of things right but anyways like yeah. but like but like aside from that like i do think that the show should shift to an ensemble show it's trying i feel like it's trying to do that i feel like the show is trying to like be more inclusive this season of other characters like uh there you know there's so much um time left i think i think after this season it might be so okay guys uh the red angel it seems to me like they are taking this to a burnham end like i think that burnham is the red angel i don't know why i don't know yeah, why i feel that way but i just feel like strongly... so, the thing is is <clears throat> Uh, but I'm do you think that maybe that's going to be the shift? Like maybe Burnham leaves the show. That would be weird and crazy, but it could yeah, happen. Yeah, no, they <laughs> like, won't do yeah. that because they they want a female black lead, right? Um, so they won't do that. Not I, until the show's I, over, right? I ha I have no problem with Michael being being Michael Burnham being the focus. What I have a problem with is we don't see. Um, how should I say this? We're not seeing Starfleet through her perspective, um, because the Starfleet that we know and that has been established to exist in Star Trek doesn't exist in Discovery. If right. we were following Michael Burnham all the time, but then she would walk in, say, to Pike's office, and Pike would be sitting there, right, at, at, the, at the end of the table, at the conference room, and there would be a chief engineer that doesn't exist yet. There would be a chief engineer. There would be um, a chief medical officer. You would have the bridge crew, and she would walk in, and then Pike would stand up and start talking with Burnham. We would follow that Burnham perspective, but you would also know that there is um, a Starfleet hierarchy and a Starfleet structure going on on the ship. You would know that that exists. But for the moment, what they've established is no one friggin' matters on the ship, only Burnham does. And I don't think that's true. I don't. I disagree with you. I think there that this no season, engineer. they I never think that, go to main. No, I agree. I agree she that there are weird. Stamets, which I agree that there are weird. <laughs> I agree that the PTSD, show's weird. Grief stricken <laughs> farmer. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't need to I agree be that the he, he should be in his quarters at that point yeah, the, I, agree. The, I, I, I understand the point that you're making because I know Sohail I know that you disagree but I want to throw this on you real quick before you do your response to what Sean just said which is what what something that irked me a lot was right at the towards the end of the episode when they were getting when Saru was trying to contact Discovery with his makeshift communicator 
the 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 calm, the calm guy. That's, that's my whole nitpick corner, by the way. Go yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> the comms guy uh, says we're getting a hail from the Ba'ul, and Pike turns to look at Michael for like I don't know whether support, yeah, affirmation, right. authorization, yeah. and then she says we should take that, and then he turns and says, "Go ahead." What? But this is the same guy who la just last week. Ash Tyler says That's one really word good and he turns around and says, why don't you shut yeah. the fuck up unless you're being talked to? And it's like, how is that guy also the guy who has to ask Michael? I, I was a little perturbed. I was like, what, a little perturbed so by weird. the whole. Yeah, I was I was perturbed by that dynamic, but I was also perturbed that like the bridge got a little out of control with the Saru situation. Right. Like I would have thrown him into the brig. Like right. I would like I would have been like I would have put him down. Like I would have just been like razor bam. Like you're you're not gonna I, I feel you're not like, gonna threaten me. <laughs> you know? I feel like all of the captains that have dealt with uh, Burnham and Saru over the years have been bullied. Oh my god. Because Burnham and Saru, they're like a, a force of of, of bullying <laughs> officers, right? They, I feel like wow, they bullied they bullied their way onto the bridge. And now wow. they're just pushing people around. They're making the calls. They're making the shots. And everything they do is terrible. That's it. They instigated the war. <laughs> oh destroying Canada. <laughs> They've instigated the war. The war. <laughs> <laughs> everything they do is just There's two wars for them. That's two wars. Now That's they're going to have the Ba'u war. Yeah. Right. It, I mean, god damn. One can't <laughs> accuse Discovery of, of being low stakes, I guess. But... Um, <laughs> But I, but yeah, that's a, actually that's a really good point. But I do think I do see. I feel that the show is attempting to course correct in even this as well. I do agree that I agree. Burnham. I, I think that the show is trying its best to kind of bring it back to what feels more balanced, more right. I don't think the experiment of a lower decks personnel, which she's not, she's a commander, worked. <laughs> like I don't think it's okay. interesting I don't to just be... follow one character. That's wrong. <laughs> it was done wrong. That's the problem. You can follow a first officer and the evolution of a first officer uh, throughout stuff, and it would be very interesting, right? You had, like, yeah, it's he's... called Riker. We follow his no, whole journey, no, and he did no because you know you, that's until not true. after season seven. That's not true. He exists within the cast, but you're following the story of Picard and um, Data essentially. But Picard, because you know everything that's going on on the ship at all times. If you were to follow the evolution of an officer. Then at first you would have like a first season where he just knows what's like going on on the lower decks. That's interesting. Second season he's on the bridge maybe, or she's on the bridge. The officer is seeing more of what's going on. But then you could do like becomes first officer is more aware as part of the staff meetings, etc. And then eventually I think, becomes captain. It's an I think the show. Thing. I think the show should shit. have been even more bold and started with Ensign Burnham or Cadet Burnham. Like right. I think it should have I really like. I, I think it should have gone even further, and that way. She can make these kinds of mistakes, and we're like, oh, but she's just a cadet, right? Like, or she's just, you know, I mean, like a commander. Yeah. I don't sometimes that Burnham right. does. Well, because like, again, like we're saying, like she's a commander, she's a science officer. But one of the things is, is that she was a first officer on the Shenzhou for probably several years. Seven, yeah, seven years, yeah, yeah. seven years. So she's ready for the command chair. And actually, I'm surprised that they were giving her a pardon for what she did. And they gave her a medal. Why didn't they just give her the captaincy of the Discovery, right? Why didn't they just put her as a captain? Right. I, I don't know. But the thing is, the, the thing is, though, is Saru's going to be the captain of the Discovery at the end of the season. The reason I, I think so is because he lost the ganglia, they're going to have some bullshit line of saying, you know, since you lost your ganglia, you've really stepped up and 
I think that now that your fear is so I, gone that you can be a captain I did, and they're going to put him in the chair. That's what they're going to do. I know. So I did, first, I first did write this pre-captain was creating like the war. I mean, who has I did write a note. Ah, I did sorry. write a note in my um in my watching uh that for some reason like I've been kind of like kind of on and off about the Kelpians, the makeup, like the whole idea of like how they are and everything like that. But for some reason, and and kudos to the performers behind the masks, but they felt real, the realest in this episode, despite all the flaws with the episode. I felt yeah. like they were like very, very tangible as characters, as aliens. I, I really enjoyed that. About yeah, I mean, episode. Doug Jones, of course, always does good, and they they hired a phenomenal actress, Hannah Spear, who just kills it as Saran Ramp and. You know, I think <laughs> I feel like Saru's sister is better than Saru in this episode. Say what? Saru's sister, Sarana, is better than Saru in this episode. Right. She was. I think that I think that both of them together were a real highlight. Um, and I, really I, I honestly, you felt they were siblings. Right. You actually like when they met, when they saw each other, like like you know, like I felt something when I was watching the episode. You know, like when they saw each other and she drops the basket and he takes the hood off. Like, I was like, man, this is like the acting is very good. Like the act, like there's no question in my mind is, you know, whether the acting was good or not. Uh, and I actually kind of wish that we had just spent a bit, like I wish that the story was just a little reworked and it was more about Saru going back to his people and trying to maybe try to work with them about trying to overthrow the Ba'ul or, or maybe, maybe he was just going on a personal journey because he lost his gangway. He needed to go back home. And then we just spent more time with the two of them. And maybe like, I, I, I was really, really disappointed that his dad was gone. I was disappointed because I for sure thought that we were going to have a father, uh, daughter, uh, son dynamic going on. Um, that was going to be ideology based and, and they were going to be butting heads and, and I think that that would have made for a stronger character episode. As and it might have been really, it might have been really, yeah, it might, I did like that Serrano is a, is the high priestess. I would have liked the father to be alive. I would have loved it if the father was somehow complicit in the Baal, like, like when right, you become like a high priest, like, like when you become a high priest, you know stuff. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. something that would be interesting to show us. If they showed us that the high priests are actually in contact with the bowl, but they've established that the, the high priests have, like, no one, no Kelpian has, has seen the bowl in over however many years. Right. right. They get a little bit more info, but they haven't laid eyes on them. But it would be interesting that, like, even if they've never laid eyes on them, they contact, they talk with them, they, like, they're in contact with them. And it's explained that the bowl come up with this shit story that you guys need to do this because if you don't do this, then this will happen and you'll die and what have you. And this is part of the balance. But then these guys are like basically complicit, but they're also being brainwashed or they're being, I don't know. Or no, right. Like, so the thing is, is, is it could easily be like, we need the Kelpians to power something or we need them for sustenance. And you need to provide us a few of, a, a few of your people to do that. And if you don't do this, we're going to wipe out your whole culture. And, and then, right. Then it puts it back onto the priests of like, I don't agree with this. This is terrible. But if we don't, play along we're going to be overpowered easily and all be killed and right they would be complicit but they would be stuck it would be a catch-22 right mm -hmm. and then that would be saru's chance to really rise up and say like no we can do this and we can we can do this and then that's when the discovery and the federation show up and say we're going to support these people and we're going to help liberate them from their oppressors and then that's a different story you know what i mean like that's another story as opposed to what we got, which was very like, to me, it just felt kind of a little bit disjointed and all over the place. And I, I just felt like we could have spent more time with the sister and him 
And again, like the dad, the dad not being there was a huge, 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 huge missed opportunity. You know, it, think, it was very, very big missed opportunity there. I think also this, uh, this episode could have benefited from being a little longer or perhaps a two-parter. Like, I think that it could have been, yeah. you know, like fleshed out a little bit more and you could have had like a more impact and, and could have messed a lot of, excuse me, I'm burping from my beer. <laughs> so, so pro hashtag. So pro yeah, <laughs> I did, I did, uh, I did write a note that I felt like Serana's makeup also was somehow subtly an improvement on Saru's makeup. Like there were a little bit more, there were like interesting purpley kind of pinkish colors in there and just like smoother. Like, I just felt like, I don't know, something about her makeup was very pleasant compared to yeah. Saru's, no, which yeah, the, uh, the mouthpiece around the lips. Oh yeah, you could see her teeth. You don't see Saru's teeth. Saru's makeup right. is not good. Yeah, Saru's makeup it's never been good. It's good in certain parts, but like especially like in this area, it's very noticeably bad. And I know I pointed yeah. that out during my Klingon video. You can't act the they do the same thing with uh, the Klingons where they add the makeup, but you can see the person's lip separate from the Klingon lip in a lot of. Oh, interesting. Uh, interesting. So for Saru, they just covered it, so now that's why you can't see any of his mouth you know you can't see any of it i but, say let i say i mean we've had redesigns of makeup before let's see uh doug jones's teeth guys like we want to you know like hashtag, let's get that show us <laughs> hashtag release the teeth oh, that's release a second that's a second teeth. evolution he loses half his jaw <laughs> <laughs> he actually just walks into the bridge and he's just doug jones you know that, um, would, be sad. that would be yeah listen when's the last time you so, saw doug jones act that he wasn't in makeup not that super <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually, when, cool. when I watched it, Black Panther, I saw um, there was so Ulysses Claw is um, uh, Andy Circus, and I was surprised to see Andy Circus just being Andy Circus. I was like, oh, oh god, like I haven't you know, seen this in a while. There's absolutely room for Doug Jones to appear as himself. Like, th there's no reason why they can't do that. I think that would be a fun thing to do, like as yeah. a human. Well, they've switched um, out really Arian's loved... actor, haven't they? They've they've done the switcheroo with the with the area. Yeah, I wonder Arium's what's behind actor. that. Um, can we talk about that scene real quick? So, what's going on there, like with the sphere being a a slice? What do you think? What do you guys think with the slice so, of pie? How's it all going to factor in? The thing, nobody's talking about this. Nobody on YouTube or Twitter or on the blogs are talking. We're doing it. We're doing it now. <laughs> like, nobody's talking about the short trek calypso. And the reason I bring it up is there are several key things that are happening in there. One, it's a thousand years in the future. Two, he's stuck in an escape, an enemy escape pod with an episode of Betty Boop on replay. Which is <laughs> I don't understand. An, enemy true, yeah. pod, an episode of Betty Boop on replay, which is weird. What is going on? And then he questions like, oh, that was part of the old society. Or that was like, he says something to that effect to the computer. And there's obviously something happening. Something happened to the Federation, and then something happened to where the Discovery was left at a specific spot for thousand, uh, easily a thousand or more years. And I feel like that concept is going to tie in with the Sphere and with uh, the Android chick. And I Arium. really do, Ariam, sorry. I really feel like even her voice, the way she talks, the way she speaks, sounds eerily similar to the mm. voice of the computer um, that we hear in Calypso. I feel like those things, there was a reason they made the Calypso episode. They're not gonna spend you know, $10 million on an episode 
for Habit to not be. Were those short track episodes those like short 10 million track, bucks? Those short track episode must have cost like fucking ten dollars, right? Because they filmed, <laughs> they filmed it. They filmed it in the Discovery set. You know what? I praised the brightest star because I said, "Hey, look, this feels like they've actually invested in it. They've made a set. They've done CG." But it turns out they didn't. They just reused the set <laughs> from from a Discovery episode. But it works. So it works. It I, I praised works. the episode. Well, which came? Well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? There, I don't. I, yeah, right. I yeah, exactly. first. <laughs> Does it matter? They they knew they were going to do the Discovery episode anyway. So even if they did the short tracks episode first, then it was an investment well spent. Well, I think that they did that for all of the short tracks. I really. The do. short tracks were just Discovery sets, though, weren't they? But uh, I would say two out of the four were. I, I would argue that the Kelvin oh yeah the mud the mud ones are pretty so dynamic. The mud, Actually, one, the, the mud one, the mud sets, all of the mud sets were in episode one of season but two. But still, it it looked like they did a good job of like doing no, different angles had, or redressing the sets. I felt they had the two different bridges: the one that mud was actually on, and then the one that the uh, Tellerite mm. was on. The, right. the bridge, the Tellerite bridge, was a reset of Spock's quarters. Because was was, I had to watch it again to check. I couldn't. I couldn't tell. Well, it was good. It was the Fox well. window with it. Anyway, I'll check it again. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I don't. I don't. I believe you're mistaken. Without wait, wanting wait. to get back into the Discovery show, they're going to tie all the short treks back into the Discovery regular. I don't think so. I the think fact that, the fact that they retcon the brightest star means that the short treks don't don't matter. How do they retcon? What do you the mean they retconned it? Um, Georgiou comes in on the Shenzhou shuttle number three in the brightest yeah. star. No, and in, in, in this episode, it's explained that she comes from whatever other ship it is. The Archimedes. The Wait, Archimedes. Are you sure? It's... And they they took off the SHN from the ship from the shuttle. They retconned uh... what ship she was on. It means they don't. Are you serious? The yes, they they made these things. It was interesting. They're just, trying to release one, they're just trying to release one episode a month <laughs> on, on their streaming service so that people will watch them, but they don't matter. Because the Tilly thing, Tilly should so have been court-martialed for what she did. And they, they, what she did doesn't exist. <laughs> what she did will never be brought up again, ever, because it doesn't matter. All right? The short tricks don't count. Wait, so, so you're certain that, that also, she comes in you, on a you, shuttle? Yeah. Nick has, I don't this, brilliant, Nick has this brilliant imagination, right? She comes in on the Shenzhou shuttle, but does that mean that she was a part of the Archimedes? Because all that they said was the Archimedes is the one that tried to make first contact with them. But they did say that Lieutenant. But they took uh, away in the, the episode. They say on the shuttle no, in the it, episode. It, wait, yeah, in the they episode it the says Shenzhou. Lieutenant Georgia was serving on the Archimedes at the time. They say they explicitly stated so that that is they a red con. That's interesting. I didn't even realize that. That's like so, okay, so interesting. Not, I gotta, not, I gotta go. I gotta <laughs> go back. I gotta go back. And bring Here's up. the thing, Nick. You, you're, you're intelligent and you're inspired to believe that Arium's voice is similar to the like the computer voice in, yes. in Calypso. Yes. But that's because you're thinking of this in a very narrative story point of view. What's really happening is they just thought in very two-dimensional ways, we need a computer voice to do the computer. And on a very separate level, they think we need a computer voice to do Arium. And so just they made the voices sound similar the same way everything is blue. Because every time they need something that looks or feels alien, okay. they're like, hey, okay, let's fine. paint it blue. <laughs> I disagree with that. You're, say you're saying they're, they're winging it, <laughs> and I'm saying they're winging it less yeah, I, I would say that they made, a, they made a slight change to what happened in The Brightest Star. But I would say that the fact that the Discovery, the USS Discovery, has been sitting in the same place for a thousand years 
without her crew and the crew, that's, the that's captain, the person that told the ship that it has to stay there. Whether it's connected back to Arium or not, that's just a theory of mine. I just think it's going to work out that way. But separate that. I do believe that the fact that the ship itself has been sitting in the same spot for a thousand years is going. That story element will be tied in at some point. But like, I have a final episode of Discovery at the end. And possibly, I have a direct. Uh, I have a direct message for CBS and the powers that be at CBS. Uh, please go back to the brightest star and just change the name of the shuttle to the Archimedes, uh, and that way. I mean, you can do. It's a digital world. George sure Lucas does it. George Lucas does it all the time. Like, just make that little tiny change. It, you know, it's only going to cost you a million dollars. Maybe, maybe, um, don't write like the initials of a ship on the shuttle. It's not necessary. It's not. It's not an element that is necessary in any way. Just don't write it. Write the I name of the to, ship. I have maybe. to go back and verify what you're saying, but I believe you. Did you go back and like watch I the footage? Have it. Show? I'm up the scene. Oh, right. you have it. Yeah. Nick is. Nick is what booted up. Nick is on it. Boot up. Well, while Nick does that, uh, <laughs> while Nick does that, um, I want to. I want to shift uh, over back to Arium for a second. They do you think there? I saw something on Twitter where someone said they thought it was like a really creepy scene. Do you think there there's something going on with that? Like, is this going to explain why we don't see automatons or or things like that? What well, is Arium? Like, creepy? do you have any so ideas? People have been talking about this. Why is what is creepy? In, in like, I didn't think it was creepy too. I thought it was cool, but still, I'm just okay. saying. Like, they just filmed. Uh, <laughs> they just filmed a face from close up because they wanted to film a face as a close up. That's all. What what bugs me is from what I understood. Uh, Enhanced humans weren't supposed to be a thing, and she's clearly enhanced. <laughs> Sean, you're 100% right. She he literally <laughs> says, a lieutenant serving in the Archimedes, the ship drops down and has no S-H-N on the front of it. You're right, 100%. Why the fuck did they do that? It's a useless brick phone. That's the worst thing about it. That's a WTF. Nobody's talking about that, Nobody's <laughs> talking about that either. Uh, nobody is talking about that. This, that is, why is, Sean, this why is why Sean waits that? till Monday or Tuesday to, <laughs> to release this. Why did they do that? This is <laughs> <That's> so stupid. <laughs> it's, dumb. it's a really hey guys, why did you do that? I, I feel like that's a question worth answering. Um you know what? You also... know, I think I feel like Star Trek Discovery in its concept, the spore drive, the bow, the all of this, if they had given it to people that were writing Deep Space Nine. Right, Iris, Stephen, Bai, etc. They would have made such a good Star Trek with all of this. But they're busy. Like, Deep Space Nine people are doing the Orville and, uh, and, the and like it's fucking true. trash. But they're doing that. That's what they're doing. That's okay. what they're on right now. You're not allowed to say anything negative about the Orville. I'm internet. sorry, <laughs> Nick. Nick, I'll tell you what. Especially you think, on Gary's you think, birthday. <laughs> you think the prime directive here is is like uh, wobbly? To say the least, or the general order one is is applied in a weird way. There's this episode, the season on the Oval, where um they like someone, essentially their their prime directive, their first contact prime directive, um, is like yeah. if someone reaches out to space, they can contact that species, right? Yeah. yeah so man. that you've seen the episode or not? The one where uh the the two of those people get stuck in the concentration camp for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I so how 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 biased is <laughs> that episode? Because the whole concept is this this species have based um, you know, uh, like uh, their system or their like political structure on astrology. Right. And to um 
to maybe many of the scientific community, astrology isn't a real thing. It's not science. It's not something that you but can that's base. Right. That's what their society has done. Right. Okay, but the thing is, the Orville doesn't treat this in a way that Star Trek used to treat things, whereas we're presenting to you this. These are the two sides of the argument. What do you think about it? Have a discussion. The Orville comes in and says, astrology is dumb. Fuck people that believe in it. And this entire society is stupid. And that's the episode. So I would compare that episode to an episode. So season, and as I take this whole conversation into the Orville, season two of the Orville. Yeah, let's keep that quick. <laughs> yeah, season two of the Orville is disappointing to me yes. for separate reasons. I mean, we can talk about that offline. But the thing is, is there was an episode of season one in the Orville where they had the uh, like episode. Yeah, which is an episode of Black Mirror, but continue, carry on. But, you know, the thing with that is... Is that, a, uh, is that Saru? That's Saru. That's, that's a drawing that's of terrifying. Saru. Anyways, come on. <laughs> literally terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's not Saru. I don't know who that is. Yeah. That looks like... It will be. In this it will be. Once he's evolved seven times, it will be. That looks like the, the, the sketch of the leprechaun people were seeing in Alabama. <laughs> you know? <laughs> might, just, might just be a crackhead. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Actually, that... That would be a Kelpian, but if it was like a, a Rick and Morty Easter egg Kelpian. That's right. Sorry. That's true. Sorry, so, I totally interrupted thing, your thought. Finish yeah, your no, thought. So the thing is with the Orville, they had a season <laughs> episode with the, with the likes, right? And that was a good episode because they, the Orville ship had to play into the society to try to get their guy out of that situation. And it just so happened to work out. Um, but again, it, it left it up to kind of the viewer to say like, oh, this is like a serious thing and, and people do really deal with this. It was a good, it was a good topic because we deal with that relatively regularly on a regular day-to-day -day basis. The thing with the astrology episode is they just came up with a way to trick the entire planet into thinking that they were wrong about what the astrology, how they interpreted the different it's, it's astrology signs. And then they got their people out of it, which is foolish. You know, it was very foolish. Like it was a missed opportunity. And it also upset me because it's like, it wasn't just like a few days. Like they, I don't remember the exact, I don't remember the, all the details of the episode, but it was like weeks or like months mm. that they were in this concentration camp. And it's like- At least a week or something. It, it was a long, it was actually, it was longer than a week. It was like, so, okay. it was like over a month because I remember they talked with Ted Danson, uh, Admiral Ted Danson over the VidCon. He was like, I know you've been there for X amount of time, but the Orville needs to get back to doing what it needs to do. Uh, so they moved on and made and forced them to do that. What, what, what is? What, is he what are you showing me, Sohail? What I'm is this? I'm showing you guys that I got my first post on Instagram that's more than a thousand likes. Oh wow! Oh wow! Congratulations! Um, is it a picture of you? Oh, no, it's a picture <laughs> of the beautiful. Oh, it's gone. It's as the uh, I saw it on Twitter and I re reposted it. So it's not, so it's not your sketch of Saru though. But you should put that. <laughs> no, that'll get like ten thousand likes. Absolutely. Um, going back to going back to discovery because I know I know we're oh <laughs> hi buddy. Yeah. Silence. You're purring too loud. Yeah. We got it. <laughs> we can't go for three hours on these discussions. So All I right. just want to bring it back to discovery. Thank you for the awesome points about the Orville. Um, because I still have questions. <laughs> I actually have questions. So, go shoot. Uh, hey, go ahead. Get it. Rapid, rapid fire. Where do go. you think we're going with Culber? Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do you know. want to go with Culber? What would you like to see with Culber? 
I didn't expect them to make it about him feeling weird about his body. Um, I figured that they would make it so that they were weird around Tyler, but I have no idea where they're going with. I don't know what they're doing with the story. The, the, the scene with Culber made me really uncomfortable because I actually thought that like, he might not even be feeling the same feelings for Stamets right, that's exactly for Paul, like for sure. And I, I don't know if they're going to head down that pathway. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting thing. I really like Dr. Pollard. I think she's cool. I hope she sticks around, even though Dr. Culver's back. I think it'd be great to have both. There's a funny sequence right at the beginning where she's like talking to Saru about his stuff. And like she says something, and then like the camera has to like pan, like zoom in, you know, and, and cut into a close up of Saru. So like she finishes her sentence, and then she just like finishes it, and then she just like turns and then like walks away. <laughs> it's like super awkward as the camera's like panning in. It's like, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, that was a that that same scene also by the way was pretty awesome uh i liked how they could they went from the visual of saru's like lungs yeah. or whatever yeah. to the nebula and then Very like kind nice. of and yeah. it was also nice uh sean uh since you're all burnham centric is bad to see saru narrating the episode and i also want to point out that in the other ep uh, a few episodes ago they said last time on discovery Laurel was narrating it. So they are playing with these like interesting kind of like last uh, time on Discovery doesn't count because it's not part of the episode. No one uses shit. I know, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, um, it's, last time, it's, it's like but she's like Um I guess the last thing that we need to cover is is the whole dynamic with section thirty one and Pike. Tyler and Pike. Okay. Uh, any thoughts on that? I have I have some thoughts. Why, I asked last time why does why does Georgia work for section thirty one? So that's still a question that's my but why yeah. is Tyler so invested in it? Dude's not even a Starfleet officer. He's a Klingon, right? He's been a part what? of Section 31 for like 30 minutes. Why he is he so invested well, in this thing? It's true. Oh my god. Super... He, I mean, I mean well, he was pretending he, to be he, he, he was does have that way that he was invested in Starfleet because he was programmed to think he was invested in Starfleet. Right. But then he goes all Klingon and then he's like, fuck Starfleet, I'm gonna snap the boy's neck and then I'm gonna run off, right? Why is he now all about this section? Like, what is Section 31? Why is it so inciting to all of these people? The I, Emperor I, I, of the Mirror Universe? That he feels like, some beholdenness to Section 31 because they essentially saved his kid. They saved his kid. And I could understand that. I really could. But the way that they played it in this episode, and that's why I covered in my review, which is he just, the whole episode, he's just bitching the whole time. Everything anyone's trying to do, he's like, well, that's not going to work. What are you going to do? You're just going to ask him for it? And well, it's like, you know, it is. I love uh, Pike's lines like, well, you know, when you're coming into someone's home unexpectedly, it's always good to say. Uh, <laughs> like, like, so much for knocking on the front door. Man, get off the bridge. <laughs> like, why is he on the bridge? Pike is too lenient on the crew. I do, I do think there needs to be a little bit of, uh, a little bit of discipline uh, there. The it's a bully crew. That's the thing. The other episode... I, wasn't though, and the other, and the, just the last episode, he fucking checked Tyler, and Tyler fucking backed down. It was and great. It was awesome. Was lying to him about what's going on, <laughs> which they didn't cover again in this episode because she never had a conversation with him on screen right. about her relationship with Tyler. But he calls her on that shit immediately, saying, "That's not the Giorgio I remember," and you're you're lying to me about your relationship with this guy sitting in that in that cafeteria right now. And don't play with me, girl. And this episode, he's like. Uh, Saru, I don't think you should talk during this conversation. And Saru's like, 
Fuck you, Baul. Yeah. Like, hey, oh. screw, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really, yeah. I mean, I like, I get that the crew of the dis, yeah, I get that the crew of the Discovery is not used to having a captain or whatever's going on, but yeah, it's a little too disrespectful for my taste. Um, I have to say that despite my trepidation about the Red Angel, despite my trepidation about the, Red Angel, the way that the scene was done cinematic and beautiful and gave me goosebumps i thought it was actually a pretty cool scene what did you guys think what is the point of the red angel well we don't know well we don't know that's the mystery of the season oh you guys don't play star trek online right you guys haven't touched it i haven't yet i have to buy a pc i really don't i don't want to it's not the iconians because the iconians can't time travel it it destroys their mind so that's the iconians are off the table good Nice so the thing there. is, is the well, that's what the video game says. It's not what Discovery says. Well, but you know they pull from it. You could. They do. They they do pull from it, and they and they connect because Discovery's on the video game now too, along with their voice actors. Um, so okay, they connect the same way that the Netflix Marvel series used to connect with the MCU. All right, they get scrapped right. and they try to you know. They're making they're making it work, but the reason I bring it can. up is the outfit that the red person is wearing, this time traveling being is wearing. It's, it's the very similar. Suit, What's up? It's the torchbearer suit. It's not the torchbearer suit, but it looks very similar to the Solane Dyson Sphere armor set that you get in the game. It's very similar in aesthetics to that particular Ooh. armor set. So my thought is that it, these are going what to Saru, be. What's what Saru actually says is that the Red Angel is a humanoid wearing a mechanized with tech so, far beyond our present. And the Solanae are the ones who built the Dyson Spheres. Oh. And it's very possible that they will connect back into that. I, it's just a theory that I'm thinking about because when I saw the, the outfit, it immediately reminded me of the armor that you get in the game. Did you guys, uh, at first viewing, I thought it was definitely a female, but on second viewing, it is unclear. I don't know yeah, if it's a female yeah, or those, female. Those are okay. birthday hips. Uh, no. I don't know. <laughs> again. Somebody made the comment on my video, and I even said there, it is weird to base it off of that, but since we have no real information to go off of, we've got to go off of what we got. And just looking at the silhouette of the individual, it appears to be female based off of the structure of the actual hips and, and the way it indents inwards and then comes back up into the upper torso. I don't see Discovery making it a male. In uh, you broke up. What would you say? Sorry. see Discovery making it a male. In any case, uh, you know, well, the thing is, is they were leaving it very ambiguous, but now it's clearly, I think it's clearly a woman. If At it's not, it's if it's not Michael Burnham. Okay. I have a question for you guys. Did, did you guys <laughs> ever believe it was a man though? The Red Angel. Yes. Did you, I, I, for a while I thought time, it might be Spock. I think no, not, not, not thinking about a person specifically, not thinking about Spark or Burnham or Picard or whatever. Just because in my, in my mind, the Red Angel, the moment we heard about the Red Angel, it was like, okay, so there's this uh, deity woman doing things, right? It was, well, it was angels female are, to me. Angel, from, from, angels in, in mythology, uh, biblical mythology, angels are non, non-gendered. They're, they're actually the original non-binary discovery beings. is, they have discovery both is female. and vaginas i i, I see <laughs> the point that you're making Sean. i would argue that my original thought my original thought even this episode argue, they got rid of story's father and they used his sister rather right i i would say that my thought process went from it being a completely alien species you know no genders involved 
to it being Spock specifically. And then now I believe, now I'm at the point where I believe it to be Michael Burnham or the Android character whose name oh. I keep forgetting. Um, the, the episode, uh, the episode does tackle a question or raises a question of whether or not the red angel is saving these people or whether it's interfering in another way. Uh, and you know, that's basically the debate between Tyler and Pike. I think it's pretty evident that the red angels got good intentions, but what do you guys think? I would love for it to be the other way. I would love it for them, for Pike to be wrong here and for the Red Angel to actually be not necessarily a bad person, but somebody who definitely was doing something for their own benefit and right, really because, wasn't right. about like just saving yeah, people. It it's also about saying stuff in the future. It would be an, an interesting take to say, look, there's this all-powerful kind of being uh, is doing time traveling, it's doing uh, you know population displacement, and you find out that they have their own kind of prime directive that they're trying to apply, but it turns out that, like everyone else, they're biased. They have, they're, they're right. not objective, they're subjective, and they're doing what they think is best, and it turns out that in certain decisions, like certain decisions aren't good. You can't blindly follow them because they might be wrong. The same way Pike was uh, probably wrong in this episode. All right, cool. I feel like we covered everything, but if you guys have any more things to add, um, I, I'm going to go into the nitpick corner and just say that I hated with a passion that it was so obvious that the Baul Bridge was the same transporter room that that Saru beamed out of just a minute, like a second before. In the same scene, he goes, he beams from the the Discovery transporter to the Baul chamber, and it's the same fucking set, and it annoyed the hell. So I would say this All to right. that. I would say this to that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if we're supposed to respond back to the nitpicks, but yes, yes. <laughs> my, my my thing with that is, is I actually enjoyed the fact that it was a little cheap, and maybe that sounds terrible, but Discovery is so is so expansive with their visuals, and it's always so like breathtaking. But the fact that it was like they put like trash bags around the side to like make it look <laughs> alien, did. you know. You know, it was just like it was it felt very like like old school kind of like TOS almost like oh it was God. like I guess it's true. But I so also it, was have a <laughs> it was like a little nostalgia cookie of like, look you at you using this. Set. Look at you. I thought actually I thought the same thing. I had that same thought on on Kaminar when they were walking through the little path with the flowers. I thought this is a very TOS looking. It could fit like right into TOS with like Saru and Burnham wearing the, you know, the Kelpian robes or whatever. I I had that right. same exact feeling, but I didn't feel that in the in the in the bridge scene. But but the other thing is like how is everything you need to do in the same fucking place? Like why is it that like why doesn't Saru and Sarana have to go to another room where to get the communications online? to another place to get the the signal to do you know like it right. just felt like why is it no, so and that's, and, that's, and like why was nothing trying to stop them like how is it that like there were like why would the like magic uh handcuffs that come out of like the walls why don't they have fucking lasers or phasers that could shoot you and stop you from trying to like mess with their tech like it just seemed really that was my biggest nitpick why didn't know. the story doesn't back. give a shit they have a they, 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 they do plot convenience. That's it. Well, they, I mean, a they, lot. Of, I, I, I'm gonna say a lot of episodes of Trek and many other. I know, but I, I have this. But I agree. I like, pick. I have the but same this isn't a discovery problem. It's a modern television problem. This is a modern thing, right? 
this 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 is like Star Wars episode whatever it was like seven right um the Force Awakens has the same yeah. kind of issues all over it right it does um, it and does. it's just because in in modern television and in modern movies you want to move the plot along and it doesn't matter if certain details don't matter which is stupid it's ironic um where you have fandom which is more and more nitpicky you should be thinking about every single detail and every single thing but there's a clear disconnect between the people that are making these shows and making the movies today and the people that are watching them. i mean i, I mean would i agree with you go ahead uh, I, I, would, I would agree with you, but the thing is, is when, a, but, when a film or television show is entertaining enough, I see what you you're saying about it. fans being more nitpicky. You don't notice it if it's entertaining enough. You don't notice it. Like even Avengers. You can do both. Annihilation Avengers, is very entertaining. And well, the thing I couldn't is, is pick anything out Avengers of that. Infinity War, I could sit here and nitpick it for hours about different things that they could have, that what could have the crew, what could have the cast members done? Like what could have these characters done in the film? to undo the, what has occurred. And the thing is, is when you're watching it, you don't think about it because you're entertained and you're wrapped up into the story. And right, if we were wrapped up into this episode of Discovery, the, the whole nitpick of certain things wouldn't have occurred to us if we hadn't gone back and watched it several times. And, and all of us, especially content creators, people who write about and talk about Discovery, like we watch these episodes multiple times in order to get everything that we need to get. So that's why we also hone in on things that other people who watch it once and then go on with their lives may not have noticed. You know what I mean? Like you noticed the Shenzhou thing. Like I didn't even notice that, even though I've watched. I didn't notice. Parts, I, I watched this full episode once, and then I went through and grabbed all my clips. I didn't notice it the second time, second or third times going through. It's just if it's entertaining enough, it doesn't really matter so much about the nitpicks the first go through. That's what I. That's my point. Is that if it's entertaining enough, like your nitpicks are okay because people won't pick up on it because they're wrapped up into what's happening on screen. And that's what you want. As a filmmaker, that's what you want. You want people to be so engrossed that they don't notice how stupid, like even The Dark Knight, which is a great Batman film that people love, the first sequence, the very first scene where the bad guys who are about to rob the bank blow out a window on a building far away from the bank and then zip line across the street. Beautiful scene, and it looks cool, but it's completely retarded and has no concept of any normal normalcy and reality of why you would be able to enter into the roof. They could have entered the roof several other ways, but it looked cool and people were wrapped up in the story. So it worked, but you don't pick up on that until like your fifth viewing of the movie. So what did you guys, I, I, that's, that's my point. What did you guys think of the bubble? the command base like, uh, in terms of production design. And like, do you think it's strange that this is the pretty much the most epic thing we've ever seen at least? We we don't see anything quite like this until the Borg, right? Like they seemed huge, these ships, but then I don't know, maybe the Discovery's small, but the ships in space I loved that were surrounding the Discovery. The one that was below the water, I think, cost too much money for them to make it look exactly like Apophis's ship from Stargate SG one. Oh, I was <laughs> it did look like or Stargate Atlantis as well. You're right. Like it kind of looked like that too. Well, I do think it looked, or not Apophis, sorry, Anubis, like the thing right. that comes up out of it and then shoots the little energy rays and blows up all the other Hattop right, vessels. Right. It's true. It looks identical to that. It spent, they spent too much money to make it look exactly like that. <laughs> and I, I did like that I the like ships could that. change orientation. It like, because the Ba'ul live in, seem to live in this like magnetic liquid or whatever, I did like the way that the ships could be oriented this way or that way and they could I'm like, move around. I'm assuming that there's only that one um, room and maybe another room 
with a hallway that aren't completely liquid. And Dude, the ship. Pops no, out. the ship. Yeah, out the, sh the ship is like fifty on the the base. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, it's it's like a pool, uh, in which all of these pseudo founders are, are, are living, right? And um, <laughs> get out of here nice. with your founders joke. Nice. <laughs> now listen, Star Trek loves a good pool. Okay, who's not living in a pool? Right? <laughs> <laughs> who's not living in a pool? Well, here in that's Florida, right. we live in, in pools 90% of our lives. So, that's, well, yeah, that's true. It's all right. So, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, Honestly, okay, I, I know that. So maybe this comes down to what you were saying about Infinity War and how entertainment, you know, pushes away the nitpicks. But I do have nitpicks about this episode, but I was enjoyed by the episode. And I think that the, the I can argue all day about Pike, Pike's decision. And I think we, we can all say that he made the wrong decision or like the wrong call was made regarding General Order 1, but I'm okay with that. I'm fine with the show making, like I'm fine with the show showing us that people make bad decisions. And I don't think I, that there being a bad decision makes the show bad. I think on the contrary, it enhances because this is the first actual episode that we've talked about thematically and in its concept rather than about how good or how bad it was in itself. I also think not a bad it was a, there was no choice. I feel like the discovery is kind of like in a rock and a hard place, and it was either genocide let allow genocide to happen or try to intervene. And it ended up being actually the truth is they actually didn't do anything. The freaking red angel came in at the last minute. Burnham, what, what Mother Burnham came in at it and EMP'd the hell out of the ball. I, I, I would argue that that point. Well, which I said in my video, like multiple bad decisions led to it coming down to either we start shooting at the Ba'ul or they commit ge genocide. Right, right. When the Ba'ul like contacted them the first time and said, listen, we want that Kelpian, like, they should have just backed off. They should have just left. The red signals, the, 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 the signal's gone, right? The red woman is not readily apparently there. They should have easily, they could have easily backed off and sent in a different ship or had contacted your boy Leland. Because they are investigating the, the red <laughs> woman. Leland, I like that. Contact your boy Leland, who can decide <laughs> to fucking rock and get super close and then figure out if they know anything. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I, I feel like because they made multiple poor decisions that it led to that final thing where it's like, we can only, we can either ignore it or we have to engage. That was, uh, that's, that's, that's my problem. That's a, no my bullshit, a no bullshit Vulcan captain on the Discovery would actually be very helpful. Someone that someone that just respects and follows um, all of Starfleet's you know most respected laws and, and I th regulations. I think someone we were going like, to get stop it, this shenanigans. There was like, a tease. Stop all that, this. There was a tease at the uh, at the. They were going to go pick up a Vulcan. They were going to go pick up a Vulcan. And they got right. piked. They got so piked. That, that didn't happen. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> they got piked. So that didn't happen, but I, I would like that. I would like an act, an actual Vulcan captain to come in and be like, look, this is expiration. This is discovery. Let's do this. Let's do this right. Right. Because right. you guys have had like this terrible and track create, record. At this point, I think that'll create an interesting, ship, but. I think that'll create an interesting dynamic with Burnham, who who will have a lot of interesting, uh, you know, uh, may have an interesting relationship with that. Captain. In order to redeem Burnham, she needs to be put back into place. <laughs> Seriously, she's all right. Always so should we? I know, much. I know that Nick doesn't uh rate so spots for Nick. Uh, we'll let you go. I'll, I'll go first. I originally was gonna give this episode a seven. Will Nick ever give a real rating? You hear, you hear that? 
you hear that, Sean? I was originally going to give this episode a 7.5. Oh first on 10 okay. episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm settling on an 8. I'm going to give it an 8. I think it's, I think that I actually like it a little bit more because of our discussion as well as a rewatch. But it's That's still a not a 10, which is crazy. Like that I was all the way until now. So eight. It's we'll my the first CBS eight. shill over here. So just. <laughs> uh, Sean, what's your rating? Um, I don't know, actually. <laughs> this is crazy. I'm going to be hated by people. I think I'm going to give this a seven. Wow. Why would you? Who cares if you're hated? But yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm even surprising myself. Originally, I wanted to give this a six. But the more I think about it, the more the, the more it's created. I've been talking with Nick about this since freaking yesterday, which is the only Star Trek. It's the only Discovery episode that's ever done this to us. That's true. That, that we talk about, and we're actually talking about, it. and we're not talking about. Oh, uh, you know, this acting was shit, or this, you know, uh, canon connection. We're talking, about, we're talking about the yeah. plot and and the yeah. theme and the decision, and I think that's great. I think that's, yeah, sure. It's bitter when it's done in a Darmok way or in a you know first contact way. First contact being the episode way, but um, yeah. you mean the right the Riker fucks an alien episode? No, it's not Riker fucks an alien. <laughs> That is not the episode. You come out with the wrong things. Yeah. Riker that has the, the one alien. That's what it is. <laughs> Riker was yeah. in an episode, so he might as well fuck an alien. But that's not the point. Yeah. I mean, how else are you going to make first contact? Uh, for me, uh, as a rating, I think... Uh, He's gonna give it like three spheres out of seven burnums or something. <laughs> nineteen burnum, nineteen red angel burnum. One red angel Michael Burnham being a bad episode. Seventeen <laughs> Saru's kicking Michael Burnham to the ground being a great episode. I would put this right around eleven spheres exploding at the same time. Wow! So, yeah, that's a lot of spheres exploding. I mean, honestly, yeah. you wouldn't want to be around. You would not. You would it, not. <laughs> Why not? That's a big NO on that one. So. I don't know what to make of that, but I accept it. Is that, <laughs> is, that, is that a five? Does that convert to a five in human? It doesn't convert to whatever you could possibly oh, comprehend. Actually, oh, can yeah, you, I, I can't. Wait, I can't. No, because wait, you're not a xenobiologist. Wait, you're not Sean, put, on, put up on the screen your rating. Oh, yes. Uh, with me. I just leave it. Can you... Can you? I think that we should give it a Sean rating system. We should do this eleven point rating system and say what it is on this. So here, Wait, hang on. Let's I don't, see if I don't, Sean... Do I have it? Do I have? I still. I don't think. I don't think I have it. Damn anymore. it! <laughs> uh, so. I don't oh, think man. I have it anymore. Uh, it's one is absolute bullshit is the worst you can get, and true greatness is the best you can get, and then in the middle is average. So where does it fall from absolute between absolute bullshit and true greatness? Wait a minute, I'm gonna try and find it. I'm gonna try and I'll find try it. it. In being an actual shuttle from the Shenzhou and then just being a <laughs> I love that you just do not want to give ratings. So I think I think that we're gonna assume based on your tone and your excitement level that at least it's at least a six. I'm gonna say it's a five for you is is my safe bet there. So my rating. At, okay, it's eleven exploding spheres. So, okay. Fine. Between Sean and I, I guess. Okay, we wait can a minute, here we go. I can, I can show you, I can share my screen. I have okay. a rating. Here we go. Share the screen. All right, here it. there it is. Oh yeah, there, there it is. is. 
There it is. Look at that. So you get absolute bullshit at the end, then the bullshit, bad, mediocre, average on the low side, average, <laughs> average on the high side. All right. Okay, but good. Can we just great. Talk about great. One thing really fast before we get into this. Why do you have eight separate favorites for Gmail at the top there? Those oh. are my those are my eight <laughs> Gmail addresses. Dang. Can you can you stop? <laughs> Why do you, you have eight, eight you... Gmail accounts? You have well, eight Gmail accounts. You run some kind of scam. Yeah. <laughs> one, one is a, okay. One is a common one from my wife and I for all the important papers. One is my wife's. Uh, one is my personal one. Uh, one is the music that I make. One is the trick on the tube account. And I also made one for the Unity subject Unity, etc. We have. Multiple. You know, Gmail has this thing where you can make a folder and you can just put the emails <laughs> into it. You don't I have know, to. I know, but th like, so that I don't have to click in and out every time, um, uh, like change accounts, I can just click on, on that and then it opens you're, the email address that I want. You're the reason why our audio, you're the reason why our audio cuts out on these broadcasts with you're sucking up on on your computer right, okay there we go we're, we're off we're off the internet oh come on <laughs> the internets are gone how dare you i've put this up with gmail okay so... i put this episode at from good to great i guess would be like where okay, or good pick one, be... pick one you've got a, a good a, a, good okay you have a professional good. rating system here good. i'm gonna go with all right I'm gonna go with uh, where? Where's the tab for eleven spheres? Where's that at? I don't see that on this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna All go right, enough, enough. Absolute bullshit. Uh, real... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Real... Oh wow. No, well, that... no, I won't. The do average way down. I'll just do, I'll <laughs> the do average media. comes. Real, real quick. Any. Any thoughts before <laughs> mediocre? <laughs> That's <laughs> tune into Drunk Space Line to find out what that means. Anyways, uh, uh, before we go, any thoughts on the little teaser for the episode, guys? Before we go, I don't have any thoughts about the teaser. Uh, I'm gonna throw one more final theory out, just for the record, and awesome. that the red person is going to be a physical manifestation. Of the USS Discovery itself. Whoa! What the fuck, dude? <laughs> what? What is that? Yeah, where, that's where, like, where, like, where, that's where some this... trippy shit. And <laughs> the Discovery, having all the logs of what had occurred in the past, oh. comes back to help it itself uh, right some that, that that makes some friggin' time paradoxes, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I did love the warp the sequence looper. when the discovery was in warp and we just saw the side of the saucer section and the top of the nacelle. That was beautiful. It and, was. Uh, yeah, it was really nice. Anyways, uh, any thoughts, Sean, on the next episode? Little teaser that was there. I don't know. I don't think about these next episodes. Honestly, every, the only thing I think about at this point is how late I am watching my, my, my True Detective episodes. I don't I'm, think Spock's going to be the next episode. I... What'd you say? Die. Did he die? I don't know. He has these. He he enters the nebula sometimes. Not gonna get Spock recently. next episode. Okay, oh. you're back. You're back. So hey, you were gone for like the last forty-five uh, seconds. I just said that uh, that CBS they like to cut me off when I give uh, theories. That's <laughs> like, like uh, <laughs> yeah. you're watching. 
That's right. I, I like to think that um, I think that we're going to be misdirected again. I don't think we're actually going to see Spock. I think that that little glimpse that we saw of him like rocking is going to be either like a memory hologram or some kind of weird thing that. Um, yeah, I just don't think we're going to get the actual Spock. Well, the I'll real Spock. What, people that. are upset because we haven't seen Spock yet. The I'm less not. Spock we see, <laughs> the better off I am. I don't want. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see Spock. Yeah, this was, I agree. guys, this was a really fun discussion. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. It's like almost two hours uh, that we've been yapping about this episode. Uh, so, uh, kudos to, yeah, kudos to this episode for the uh, for the lengthy discussion that we had. And audience, we'd love to hear from you and know what you think of the episode. Please comment uh, down below in the comment section or write an email to. So hail S O H A I L at starfleetboy.com. Uh, please go check out uh, uh, Nick's channel at the, Oh wait, it's just Ketwalski, right? The real Ketwalski is your Twitter handle. Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. uh, also check out uh, Sean at Trek on the tube and also find him on Twitter. And uh, uh, if you don't know the rest of the Starfleet boy gang, go check out previous episodes and, and go uh, look everyone up. But uh, shout out to everyone major love i really love this and i love you guys and llap and uh we'll see you next time